0: So much- You're listening
1: to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on.
0: This episode of This Glorious Mess is brought to you by a children's Panadol. Care starts here. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Incorrect use could be harmful. Hello, I am Tegan Natoli and this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. So picture this, it's Sunday morning, you're sitting in your favourite chair with a nice cup of tea or coffee, maybe there is a window and the sun is gently hitting your face and warming you up from the inside out and you take a deep breath and then you get the ma! And you snap right back to reality. Well, it was nice while it lasted. The mental load is so often attributed to plans and chores and being multitasker of the year. But being the default parent, the one they call for when they have a bad dream or the one they want when they want a snack, can take its toll. With three kids, Jade Caldwell has also felt bogged down by being the default parent to her children. Aside from creating her own hilariously relatable content, Jade also co-hosts a parenting podcast Beyond the Bump with good friend Sophie Pierce. Welcome to the show, Jade. I am feel so happy to be
1: chatting with you today. I'll actually admit that I am more nervous being on the other
0: side of the interview seat, but it's all good. It's funny when you flip places, isn't it? But we're here to have a good chat about all things default parenting. Now, first and foremost, are you the default parent in your family? Okay.
1: That has been me and it still is me. There's been like a slight shift in our family Mm. dynamic, but gosh, being a default parent comes with so much extra pressure and exhaustion. And I think a lot of internal questioning like why does it have to be me all the time for example dad's in the kitchen and they'll go halfway down the hallway and ask me to make toast while I'm on the toilet like why
0: yes absolutely so I think that's probably one of the most common examples you can use because that happens daily in my house just for clarification how old are your three kids
1: Okay, so I've got a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old and a 4-ish-year-old.
0: A (laughs) 4-ish-year-old.
1: She's a third child. you kind of just like, how old are you? What's your birth date?
0: Sorry, I feel so bad at like the doctors. They're like, what's her birth date? I'm like, um. Um... (laughs) (laughs) And there we go. That's the repercussions of being the default parent. We have no more brain string left in our (laughs) brain. So I want to ask you, what are the tasks that you are always called for? Like what are the main default parenting tasks? Default tasks?
1: Look, I think when I first became a mum, it started as soon as I gave birth. It's like I filled out the birth certificate, I did the washing, I did the cleaning, I paid the bills, I researched weaning, I researched feeding, rashes, how to co sleep, how not to co sleep. Like there are just so many elements of being a mother and a default parent that you think you're doing the right thing, but then you sort of just realize over time is this actually working for myself and my mental health? And I think it does get to a point where you have to realise that there needs to be a few changes to not have so much pressure as a default parent and start to delegate things off. When I had my third child, I suffered from postnatal depression and this really made me realise that I was a default parent because I really thought that I could give birth to a third child and do it all. Like Mm. I really believed that I could do everything I was doing before plus have another human. And it wasn't until I walked into a hospital and said, help me, I can't work it out, my brain was spiralling. And I was like, it's because you really think that you can do all of these things and you don't have to. Yeah if you think about being the default parent, the amount of jobs that we have, and yes, we don't get paid for them. It's like the silence of the cleaning and the emotional distress every day. And then yes, there's highs and lows, but like there is just so much going on daily that I don't think we even express that to our partners because it's just like you just don't know. Like, I can't even begin to tell you how much I've done today.
0: Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time we're unaware of what we're doing until we reflect on it. You can sit back and, you know, the good old, (laughs) when your partner gets home, oh, what did you do today? And you're like, well... Like when you say it out loud, you're like, oh, I did washing, I put the dishes away, I booked a doctor's appointment, I did some groceries. It doesn't sound like a lot but it's so much and it's never-ending and I think you don't actually feel the weight of that until it gets too much. Like you said, it took you to basically have a breakdown for it to become too much or for you to realise that it is too much. I was actually thinking about it the other day. Depending on the age of your children, it's almost as though you're living for that amount of people in my instance, I've got two five year olds and a four year old. So they're not quite to that age yet of full independence or knowing what day it is to take such and such to school or, you know, like knowing anything about what has to go on. So I am doing that for four people and half the time for five because my husband is often <laughs> not thinking for himself either.
1: But don't you think that like when you wake up, it's like I have a mother's mental load. You can walk down the hallway and you look at a toy and it's like, oh, okay, I've got to actually buy this for my child because I forgot to do that yesterday. <laughs> and then you'll pick up clothes and you're like, okay, I've got to do three three loads of washing. And then you're like, fuck, I forgot that doctor's appointment. I've got to do that. And yeah. like before you get to a bloody coffee, <laughs> yeah. you have already put this much pressure
0: on yourself and then you get the mum, mum, mum and it's like okay here we are. Exactly and look it is not always mums out there you might be the default dad. Yes. There's always one parent that is the default parent. If you're doing the heavy lifting of your family then you know a sick kid can throw the whole family off balance. Whether it's pain and fever associated with teething, earache, headache, immunisation and cold and flu symptoms, Children's Panadol is here to help. It can take as little as 15 minutes to start reducing fever and is gentle on little tummies. If you're a new mum or have been parenting for a while, Children's Panadol has a range of tailored products to suit children of different ages from one month up to 12 years so everyone is covered. Children's Panadol. Care starts here. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Incorrect use could be harmful. Let's talk about how we get me time without getting the guilt. And I know for me, I'm still working on this on the regular. Like I've not nailed this by any means. I still have to negotiate with myself. Like, you know, talk yourself off the ledge. You're allowed to do this, Tegan. You can do this and you don't have to feel bad (laughs) about it, girl. You go get that foot massage. But even to myself, I'm like, I really love a foot massage. But you know why I don't feel so bad about that one? Because I'll sit there and do my work on my phone while I'm doing it. So technically Mm. I'm not not doing what I'm meant to be doing. And then I want to punch myself in the face because I'm like, that's not actual me time. That's not actually checking out and recouping the brain. God, it's taken me years
1: to work out the right balance and I still don't get it right. Like I find myself burnt out and then I think when should I have slowed down? Like when was that point where I probably should have like asked for help? And for me, I started to understand how much I do for my family. Like, you know, I run a podcast, I create content, I do school pick up and drop off dance drop off. I'm cleaning on top of the bloody cleaner that comes once a week. (laughs) And that's still not enough. Like I'm doing the food shops. And if you really sit and think about what you do as a default parent, that is a huge, huge job. So if you're writing yourself a list of what you actually do, even if the first and last thing in that list is I keep my child alive, that is enough to warrant some me time and self-care.
0: Yeah. And what
1: does that look like for you? What's your me time? I'm still getting used to delegating jobs and realising that I don't have to actually do all the things. People are always happy to help. I just find it really difficult to ask that and I'm really still getting used to asking for help. But gosh, when I do, it's like, oh, why didn't I do that yes. ages ago? The biggest thing for me with self-care and trying to find this balance is communicating with my partner. Mm-hmm. Like that is where I'm at. That's where I am find that I'm opening up this little doorway to understanding and sharing that
0: load. Also, in terms of like having me time without the guilt, I'm not necessarily a me time person. I like time away from being the default parent, but I enjoy doing that with my husband because I feel like it's very rare, the opportunity, but also you get to reconnect because they're not having to, parent either you know so usually when it's like tit for tat kind of thing like can you mind the kids while I go do this that's part of the guilt but you know if you're doing it together then you can just be present and connect and solve world problems like who's (laughs) taking the trash out it's not me. yes but how do we share the load like obviously you and I have talked about communication do you think that's what it really comes down to and also you mentioned accepting help which I really really agree with. And I never learned to do that until having children. Like when I had the twins, no. I was like, stop being a misindependent woman. Like if your mother-in-law or your mom or a friend is offering to do something for you, say yes. 100%. And I think what is a really great idea for people that are in this situation
1: is to write down a list of what you both think that you do to help The family. So if, you know, your partner works and you stay at home, who pays the bills, who does the washing, whatever the jobs are, sit down when you're in both a like reasonable state, not stressed and wanting to like argue it out. But if you sit there together and actually look at that list, you can sort of adjust a few things on that list and you get a good gauge of how long someone else's list is. No matter what it is, that's still an extra job. And I find that. For us, like my husband and I share, drop off and pick up now. That was too much for me. I just couldn't do it all and it was stressing me out. So now we do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we give each other plenty of time when we have something on. I think the biggest hack that we have is that we have a shared calendar. So in the iPhone, you have the Google calendar or whatever it is, and you can both connect to each other's phones. So if you have an important kids event, a dentist appointment, or you're going out, it will go into their phone and there is no excuse for forgetting because it's like it's in your calendar.
0: All right. We've talked about all the crap parts of being the default parent. (laughs) But what are some of the nice things associated with being the default parent?
1: There are so many positives to being a default parent. Yeah, there really are. I remind myself that like these are the moments and they won't last forever. Like our kids are growing up so fast and I know that we can get really sucked into that moment where you feel overwhelmed. But I look at my kids now, like I've got a 10 and a 9-year-old and I'm like, you're now making your own breakfast. You might leave the bowl on the table, but, like, I'm like, I still want to clean that up because there's going to
0: be a time. Actually, there's never going to be a time yeah. that they're oh going to clean that up. God, you I don't leave you.
1: Come on. Later.
0: Come on. You're like, put it in the dishwasher now, you dirty pig. That's exactly
1: what I said this morning. That's exactly what I said. But I also want to say, like, to the non-default parents, if it's you or your partner, you are not alone. I think that there is a lot of sadness and guilt for the non-default parent. Yes, And it's so common to go to mum for everything, or if it's dad and Kids really gravitate towards the fun one if they're not home because, you know, they've run in the door and they're fresh or the one who is around a lot because that's what they're used to. Yeah. And I just think I'm really mindful to include my partner when they are always going, where's mom? What's mom? No, I'll get mom to do it. I'm like, hey, dad's here too and he can do everything just yeah. as much as I can, probably better because he's not as stressed as I am. Yeah. So please ask dad
0: my husband almost gets a little bit pissed off about it. Not towards me, but like you said, same scenario. Like my husband will be standing in front of the fridge and one of my kids will say, can I have some juice? And I'll be like two rooms away. Oh yeah. And Jason will say, I'm right here. I can get you juice. Like, am I invisible? Like, you know, and I know there's so many parents, in particular dads, probably because in most cases they are not the primary caregiver to the young kids, right? So I know that a lot of them actually get quite frustrated by this, often to help out the default parent, but also because, you know, they're like, hello, I'm your dad. Like I can pour yeah. juice too, you know, but you're right. There are so many beautiful things. And it's so funny because I know, again, with the age of my kids, everything that I get so flustered and frustrated and overwhelmed by being the default parent. I know that when they're 16 or 17 or like (laughs) going out on the weekends, I'm like, don't you want to have breakfast at home? I'll make it for you. I'll clean it up after you. You know, all these things, I know I'm going to want them back. But you know, they say don't wish it away. But God, I'd love to wish my washing away and the dishes away. (laughs) I'm not
1: going to lie. Oh, bloody (laughs) hell. Those things can go. They can go.
0: Nailed it. You failed it. Okay, Jade. So we have a segment on TGM, nails and fails. I would love to know if you have any nails and fails, you know, it doesn't have to be this week, but recently, and maybe in reference to default parenting. Oh, absolutely.
1: Well, let's start with fails. So we
0: end on a high, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) So fails, look, I don't set enough boundaries with my kids. I clean up after them all the time two of them are old enough to do it themselves. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to do all the things and make sure everyone is okay, that I end up putting myself and my needs to the very bottom of the pile. And that is when I burn out.
0: Yes. That's a very, very good one. That's like multiple in one. I know. That was a fail sandwich. Boom, 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 (laughs) boom. It is a sandwich.
1: There's plenty of fail sandwiches.
0: Yeah. My failed this week, It was Sunday morning and I think it was like 9am and he was like, oh, I've got a client coming over at 11. And like by Sunday, my house is an absolute (laughs) demolition site, you know? So he's like, oh, I've just got a client coming through to have a look through at the house. I'm like, oh, fabulous. Like, awesome. And all of a sudden, I'm like, come on, guys, you've all got to help me clean up. All of a sudden, my family went missing. Like, MIA. Like, (laughs) how do four people who I can never escape on a normal day vanish into thin air and they'd gone down to the garage and I swear to God it was because I was like come on guys we're not doing such and such until you clean your room and you pick up and usually I'm the default parent that just does it because I don't want to like spend the whole day asking them to do it anyway I messaged Jason I'm like get their kids up here like oh, I'm not the only one you know having my big vent and I just thought to myself you little buggers like you literally just all of a sudden just vanished. Anyway, they came back up. Did that help though? Well, like I'd tell them one thing and within 30 seconds, they'd forget it. And I'm like, it's almost not worth me just having this battle of repeating myself over and over again in frustration that they're not quite getting what the aim is. Oh, I know. Like the aim is to clear the space. Like how come you can't see that giant toy in the middle of the hallway, but I can. Anyway, what is your nail? All right. So look, this is a big one. If I'm in a
1: bad mood or I'm frustrated in front of my kids, I'll always apologize saying I could have handled that better. Or I'll just say that I've got a lot going on in my head and I shouldn't have taken it out on you. And I just feel like that's really important to tell them why, so they can understand different emotions and know that it's also not always directed at them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, no one is perfect. And i am now no longer striving for an unachievable goal and I'm like I'm more than happy being the good enough mum that tries her best and just loves her children.
0: Oh that is such a nail and I think that's setting such a beautiful example to your kids that they don't have to be perfect either you know like making mistakes is a normal part of being a human and saying sorry or owning your staff and being accountable is all part of just being a decent
1: human. Do you know what's really funny? I had Mia, like my 10-year-old, and she said to the four-year-old over the weekend, hey, Yumi, what do you think of my room? I've redone it. And she (laughs) walks past and goes, it's good enough. And I went, (laughs) oh, my
0: God, I've killed it.
1: I'm the best, Mum. I'm good
0: good enough. You're a good (laughs) enough, Mum, girlfriend. I'm a good enough, Mum. And that is all that matters. Thanks so much for listening to This Glorious Mess. Get in touch with us at TGM at and be sure to join our parenting group, Mamma Mia Family. This episode was produced by Grace Rufray with audio production by Scott Stronick. See you later. This episode of This Glorious Mess was brought to you by Children's Panadol. Care starts here. Always read the label and follow the directions for use. Incorrect use could be harmful.